Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Oh, yeah. We're hunting a killer. Yeah. Which honestly is a really cool subscription, by the way. Not that I'm getting like paid for that or anything. I just did it once <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Hey, but if this you wanted to, to pay us for endorsing to hunt a killer. <laughs> subscription. Okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I just thought Rachel had become a private eye in real life for like a mm-hmm. bit. Yes. And <laughs> I mean, I'd love to think that I could do that job, but uh, too scary. I, I, yeah, I, I like reading about it and watching about it and listening about it, but actually partaking is is a whole nother world. No nope, yep. cowardice. Little did all of you know that this was all part of my complex plan to get us into that true crime lucrative money. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the podcast true. money is, those true crime Oh, God, people. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with this is it is not true crime. Anyway. Fake crime. Yes. It is fake true crime. Fake Fictional true crime. crime. That's our new plan. Yep. Based on I'll, uh, a possible I'll add true that story. tag to our iTunes thing. Excellent. Fake true crime. <laughs> fake true crime. <laughs> so, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the Silver Ravens had split up uh, in that Lucia was still recovering from her bout with Phil Fever from a little run-in with a rat during, uh, God, that mm. probably back in episode like five or six. Yeah. Yep. So that yes. took a little bit of time to gestate. Uh, yeah, I suppose incubate would actually be the proper term. Yeah, one. Yes. I'm still, I'm still sickened. Well, no, you're no longer sickened. Am I no longer sickened? Do you remember you got a critical success and you're cured? Oh, good. You no right, longer cool. have the sickened I just didn't che- uncheck it. So, ah, uh, okay. I did not remove it. That is the problem with roll twenty: is you click one of those boxes and it seems easy and convenient, but then if you don't remember to unclick it, enjoy multiple episodes of penalty. Yep. I'm waiting for Jordan to at some point be like, I spent that entire last book sickened. (laughs) (laughs) God, I don't want to be that. Again, the party had split up with Lucia recovering from her filth fever and the rest of the party beginning an investigation into murders in the section of Kentargo known as Devil's Nursery, a portion of the Red Roof District, in essence, the the Red Roof District being the poorest district of Kentargo and Devil's Nursery being the actually poorer sub-district of said poorest district. Welcome to Kentargo, where yep. even the poor district has a poor district. The party reconvened the following day after, unfortunately, the breakout team of Niccolo, Vittoria, and Cesare were unable to locate, well, basically find much of interest other than the fact that the general consensus is somehow the... Temple Hill Slasher has returned back from the dead over 100 years later for no apparent reason and has changed both his MO as well as his dumping site as well as basically everything that he does other than murder. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Vittoria put the smackdown on (laughs) uh, debunking that. Yes. Vittoria then educated the two people that she was talking to. But hey, Cesare got to, you know, impress a kid, so that was fun. Cesare got to impress a kid with a cat? Like Mm -hmm. you do. The party then reconvened the following day to get ready to discuss their plans before there had been a rap at the door of uh, Niccolo's house, as the party had reconvened Niccolo's Niccolo's house since he actually lives in Devil's Nursery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're all crammed into poor Niccolo's little apartment, and now there's two more people. (laughs) Is it actually like an apartment, or is it more like like a studio, one-bedroom thing? It's a studio. It's it's like a college person's studio, too. So, like, (laughs) it's like a half studio. So there's clothes everywhere on the floor, is what I'm guessing. 
Yep, uh, yep. No, I put those all under the bed so that way nobody noticed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he knew Vittoria was coming, so he made sure he cleaned a little. But just yeah. like taking a, br- a broom and just shoving everything under the bed. You know, that's what you do when yeah. you know people are coming. Like when we were selling our house and we just shoved everything in closets in the garage and we're like, look how clean it is. Yeah. <laughs> pristine. Mm-hmm. However, there had been a knock at the door, and upon answering this, Niccolo had found two other Tieflings present, those being Strea Vestori, the leader of the Cloven Hoof Society, as well as the Tiefling entrepreneur and philanthropist Hedeman Hayes. Mm-hmm. Who owns the fancy tailor shop that I, whose name The Devil's Threads. Me. Oh, the is. Devil's mm-hmm. Threads, who we need to sell some really great like embroidered stuff to. We do have a lot of embroidered clothing. He'd probably be more interested, and I'm, I think you've got some of it in, like, bolts of cloth, because it's kind of one of those, like, yeah, that's all right, but it's really last year's fashion. Mm. <laughs> you'd just be like, why don't you do a retro, like, comeback? That's too early for a retro comeback from last year. Fashion yep. is very quick, Ross. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm bringing back the shoulder pads. Oh, uh, okay, nice. Niccolo had invited in the pair, at which point that they had informed you that there had been another murder the following oh. evening. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had left off with that. So as we begin, our heroes, the Silver Ravens, are crowded into Niccolo's comedically small apartment. <laughs> Seems to get smaller every episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I keep adding people. Yeah, you keep adding people. That seems to be the problem. Since there are currently eight people crammed into an apartment that's comfortable enough for one. Barely comfortable Standing enough for two. Standing room only is what I'm guessing. Well, it's all of you crammed around a table. Nicola, I believe, was sitting on the bed. Yep. Uh, now inviting inviting these folks in, uh, there's not really a place for Straya or Hedeman to sit. Cesare would give up his chair for Straya. It's polite. Uh, Straya politely accepts. Edmund simply folds his hands behind him, inclining his head. Let me start at the beginning, shall I? As I said, one of my seamstresses has been murdered. When the murders began after the second killing, once it seemed like it was going to be a pattern, I invited some of the some of my workers to leave early if they would need to to ensure that they would be home before dark, or to stay at my establishment, if that would be easier for them. I employ three ladies and two gentlemen. Two of the ladies decided to take up the offer of leaving earlier. One of the ladies, Para, and two of the gentlemen decided that it would be easier for them to simply stay. Fortunately, I had some time, went out and purchased some cots, and they've been staying with me there for the better part of a week or so. Mm -hmm. I have a small abode over the shop. Did the murder happen inside of your shop? No. Para left before sunset yesterday. Why? I don't know. She Hmm. told the others that she had something that she needed to go and purchase and that she would return. Although she left late enough that if she were making her way to Devil's Nursery, Straya nods where she was found. Yes that she would not have been able to return before sunset. Is it possible that she was mudded someone else, somewhere else and dumped in Devil's Nursery? If this is some sort of intimidation tactic? I suppose. I am not a uh, 
<laughs> he gestures to himself and his immaculate clothing. I'm not exactly one to uh, to investigate or get involved, which is why Mistrea has encouraged me to bring this to uh, Nicolo's attention. I know that Nicolo has some experience with speaking to locals and getting information when he needs to. I was unaware that the rest of you would be here. Well, we got a very own investigator right here. She pats uh, Victoria on the shoulder. I would not call myself a full-fledged investigator, but I do partake in local mysteries. You notice that that very few others do. And moreover, we need that sort of insight right now, if you're willing to use it. Uh, Of course. um, I was going to ask if... um, the scene itself was still intact or if the body had already been moved. The body was removed. She was killed last night. Straya glances across the table over towards Vittoria. Her body has been taken to the Clovenhoof Society. Has the scene been cleaned? If it hasn't, perhaps you could still uh, tell <laughs> if she was killed there or not. Bedevin smiles and shakes his head, although it's a little bit of a gallows humor kind of mirth. Uh, You obviously have not been to Devil's Nursery much. I don't think any alleyway here has been cleaned. Has it been um, disturbed? People did come and retrieve the body, obviously, so I don't know how badly disturbed it is. I mean... I think that would probably be the first place to start, and if we can block it off temporarily and find out who exactly moved the body. We need to get shoe sizes, anything they were wearing, information such as that. Hedeman narrows his eyes looking over all of you. I'm sorry, but this seems very strange. Who are all of you? You ain't never seen so many people shoved in one tiny apartment in Devil's Nursery? Oh, I've certainly seen that. (laughs) That, no. Why are you involved in this? Let us just say that there are there are aspects of this city that need changing, and this is a group of people who want to change it. For the better. Yes. <laughs> it would be very easy to change things for the worse. <laughs> I was going to say, Lucia oh. just kind of points towards the Castle Corvo, or not Castle Corvosa, <laughs> Castle Cantarco. <laughs> At any rate, um, Nicolo removes the little um, figurine. Let us just say that the Silver Ravens have returned. I feel like you're expecting a dramatic reaction from that. No, we are not nearly so impressive as that. It was a rebellion organization from long ago. I aim to restart it along with all of my friends here. Strea looks, no perception check necessary for sense motive, a little nervously over towards Niccolo in that, like, older sister just found out her little brother is doing something dangerous sort of way. Uh-oh. <laughs> Niccolo's in trouble. Hedeman strokes his chin curiously. Interesting. Well, I'm no larger of a fan of uh, House Throne than I think anyone in this city is, so I wish you luck in your endeavor, and if it means that we may receive justice for Para's murder, 
that I wholeheartedly endorse it. That is our aim, for starters. Hmm. I think uh, resolving this death first. So, uh, is there anything else I can help you? Yes, anything else that you know? She was found in an alleyway in the southern portion of Devil's Nursery, at the corner of Forked Tongue and Dagger Street. Mm. Closer to where the southern wall turns southeast. Near one of the towers. All right. I don't know what she was doing there. It wasn't far from my establishment, but from what I understand, she was found early this morning by a young tiefling that was making her way through the city streets also at night. Strea looks over towards Niccolo. Zaya. Oh, for the love of... All right. I'm assuming you know her? Yes. I'm concerned. She is a local troublemaker. Oh, those are the best kind. Niccolo seems to have a soft spot for them. <laughs> hey, I am an established businesswoman. <laughs> yes, and you've never done anything wrong in your entire life. Certainly not. <laughs> she has a good heart, but I think sometimes she acts very rashly. I asked her to stay at the Clovenhoof Society until I could get a chance to speak with you and see if you'd be willing to look into this. You may be able to speak with her. She may know more. We should talk to her, yes. But I think Vittoria also needs to look at the scene. I suppose to go over all the details as quickly as I can. She left my establishment before sundown, sundown last night. She would have been able to make her way there and return within an hour and a half, so she must have been killed just after nightfall. No one reported it. Zaya didn't find her until early the next morning, so probably five or six hours later. She was found in the center of the alleyway, about halfway down its length. She went to the Clovenhoof Society. Strayan nods. I sent some men over to collect her body. I have not contacted the faith of Asmodeus yet. I am disinclined to do so. Para was a follower of Shilin. She believed in art and beauty. I will contact the church and I will see that she is interred or cremated by a priest or priestess of her faith. The body was removed this morning, perhaps five in the morning, just before dawn. Do you know who was sent to collect her? Some of the locals that are volunteers for the Clovenhoof Society. Would we be able to speak with them? Possibly. They would be in bed by now, or at the very least, they would be home by now. She glances out the window to the quickly setting sun. But I could send for them. It's unlikely that they saw anything of interest, but I could ask them if they would be willing to make their way to the society tomorrow. I would not be willing to ask them to come out at night. That's perfectly fine. I don't know why she was there. There are some establishments in the surrounding area, so she may have been purchasing something there. I don't know if the crime scene has been disturbed, but it's an alleyway without a exit. On the whole, people are staying inside at the night, correct? 
with a few notable exceptions. Straya nods. One of those notable exceptions apparently being this Zaya girl. She may have seen more than just this body if she's out at night. From what I understand, the alleyways, there are homes on either side of the alley. So even if there wasn't someone out, someone may have heard or seen something from their windows. It's one of the more public locations for a murder to occur. That is, if the murder actually occurred there, or if it was simply a place to put the body after the fact. Correct. It still would be hard to transport the body, especially if they it was done somewhere outside of the Devil's Nursery. People are more active in other parts of town. Hmm. I did have a question. Absolutely. Um, when she was recovered, did you find any effects on her? Anything that she was carrying? or? He looks over towards Straya, who nods. She had a bag with her. It's also at the Clovenhof Society. And she had something in her hand. A, a wooden object. I didn't really investigate it. Straya shakes her head. I'm not trained in this area of expertise. So, I thought, Niccolo, with your previous experience. <laughs> she looks about towards the others before simply shaking her head that maybe you would know something more. Previous experience. We can talk about that later. That might be why she went out and it might give some indication as to where she went and, I don't know, the chain of events that led to the grim moment. Well then. Uh, is there anything more that you'd need from me? Hedman glances out towards the window in the steadily setting sun. What was Para particularly working on for you at your shop? Para was excellent at both uh, measurement cutting. She mostly did trim work um, up until, of course, the ban on uh, certain embroideries. Um, so she wasn't working on any special projects for certain clients or um, anything to that effect? Not that I'm aware. I do allow my employees to collect whatever scraps that they wish and use them for whatever projects they may so want to. They would go to waste otherwise, and they oftentimes come up with <laughs> ingenious combinations. We also do what we can to collect what material that we have remaining and use clothes to provide to the Clovenhof Society for the less fortunate. She was particularly adamant about that. She was a very, very sweet person. She sounds like it. And how long has she worked for you? Three years. Three years and some months. She hired on in the summer. She was always punctual, polite. She had a certain um, humorous um, love for sailor songs. Her father <laughs> worked the docks. I would oftentimes... Uh, Catch her humming, not singing, the more raunchy ones. Cesare smirks. <laughs> I hope that you can find whomever is responsible. No, that we will do our best. Are her parents still alive? She's an orphan. She has a brother, although from what I understand, he lives in the South. 
she said for a while in Agorian, although from... I remember her mentioning that following the the breaking of the shadow over West Crown, that he traveled there since it would be more safe. Uh, from what you understand, the shadow over West Crown events are almost 10 years old now. This is when a group of adventurers freed West Crown from this plague of shadows that was more or less terrorizing the city for the better part of, I think, about a century. Thereabouts. See another adventure path. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a but, good AP. Um, I enjoyed that one. I didn't think I have any questions until I've had a look at the scene of the crime. Well, what may be the crime. If you have any questions for me. He flicks his hand in a practice motion, causing what appears to be a handful of business cards to appear from out of its sleeve before he offers each of these out to you. <laughs> Whoa, cool. As Cesare takes it, is is he wearing a wedding ring? Because Cesare's kind of digging this. <laughs> no, he appears to be quite single. And ready to mingle. I figure um, Vittoria is probably the only one that does this, but she takes it and then immediately flips it over and like looks at both sides. And <laughs> yeah. It is a phenomenal business card. Nice, strong stock. Little bendy, but still firm. Mm-hmm. One side, it's just got a uh, design. Again, the entire card is done in blue with uh, silver lettering and design to it with a uh, what appears to be needle and thread, although in the case of the uh, with a needle, although the needle is designed like a sword, stabbing in through the thread. Mm-hmm. On the other side, it simply states Hedeman Hase, the devil's threats. Fancy. Like, you know who I am. <laughs> well then, I wish all of you the best of luck. Both in this and, I suppose, in your um, patriotic reclaiming of the city. One step at a time. And it was good to make your acquaintance, even if the circumstances weren't what I would like. Nicola holds out his hand again. Yours as well, Nicola. He takes your hand, leans in close enough that uh, I'll make a perception roll for everyone else. Hedeman takes Nicola's hand, shakes it, leans in close enough that only Adria and Cesare can hear, other than Niccolo, what he says. I'm pleased that you are not the man that your reputation implies. Thank you. I'm glad that I've grown past it. He smiles, claps you on the shoulder. Very well, then. It was a pleasure meeting all of you. I wish you the best of luck. Please come and find me if there is absolutely anything I can do to assist in this. Sure. Good evening, and... Stra, would you care for an escort home? She smiles, shakes her head. I'm fairly certain I will be fine. But thank you. Be safe, Hedeman. Of course. He then inclines his head to all of you. Exits. Be be careful on that third step going down as well. That's where the nail is. Ah. Thank you. He then shuts the door and leaves. Strea looks all of you over. Would you like for me to escort you to the Colvin Hoof Society? I would prefer to see the alleyway first. I do not want um, the body to uh, cause any bias to what I might find there. If that is the case, then I can return back to my business and see if I can't contact the men that I sent to go and collect the body earlier. Sounds good. I mean, if they are resting, I, I don't think it's dire, but I will probably take um, 
copious notes. I will ask them if they can be available tomorrow morning. That would work. Thank you, Straya. Of course. It was a pleasure meeting all of you. You too. Nicola. Yes. If you're going to go out tonight, be particularly safe. I do not know if your friends are in danger or not, but you certainly would be. They are a very capable bunch, so... I'm not particularly worried about them, and I will be sure to look after myself. You do the same. She nods, probably glancing, you know, her eye taking in the morning star you have propped up against the post of your bed before making her way out. <laughs> That's a new addition. Yeah. It probably sits next to where my staff is. I usually keep the staff at home these days. Yeah, it's like, again, it's like a college room where it's like I've got my mace sitting there right next to the guitar that I go out to the quad and just play for no reason. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, on the desk, there's a hacky sack, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I love hacky sack. It's great. I really hope that's not a dated reference anymore and people still play hacky sack because that was uh, a weird Oh, it's thing. totally a dated I'm reference. Sure it is. is it yeah. a dated reference? Yeah. You could have just, just said soccer ball or something. Everyone plays soccer or football if you're mm. not fancy. American. Yes. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer football, to be honest, because it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Adrian yes. follows straight out to the door and like cl closes it behind her like, okay, bye. And then turns on Nicolo and goes, okay, so... uh." Time for you to spill the beans. Why'd that guy uh, think you were some sort of bad person? That is a much longer story for another time. I'd rather not go into it right now. But I imagine that perhaps it is a trust issue, in which case I can explain a little bit. I used to be something of a smuggler and something of a scoundrel before. It was not a life that brought much joy to the people of this of this neighborhood particularly. And so it is a past that I would like to, I would not like to forget it because that implies that I would like to pretend it never happened and it did, but I would like to move past it. Everyone has things in their past that they would uh, like to move past. And it doesn't matter who you were, matters who you are. Exactly. And that's why they call it past. Raven chimes in. Although it also kind of helps to have those skills just on the back burner in case we need them. Raven nods sagely. Must have been during his smuggling time that he learned how to alligator wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was new, actually. I learned that Victoria on the job. Finish, finishes scribbling in her journal uh, and just smirks at that comment. <laughs> Uh, no. Do you have like a mallet or anything? Cause like, if you got like a nail poking out, like I never really did set construction, but like I watch people do it and like, maybe I can just like tap, tap it, fix it. I like that this is your concern and not the murder victim in the quick yeah. setting Victoria, song. Victoria kind of just turns to Lucia. <laughs> I don't know what the weather is going to do, but if it rains, I will lose everything. Okay, that seems more important. It is approaching sunset. We should go look at the crime scene first, then check the body, and then resume the patrol that we were planning on doing this evening. Probably the killer won't strike again tonight, but you never know. So, Niccolo, if you wouldn't mind leading the way. Of course. You all exit. Make your way down, spacing yourselves to not put too much weight on the staircase that leads up to Niccolo's apartment. Mm. <laughs> I think every time someone returns to Nico's apartment, it'll be slightly more decrepit. 
Um, yeah, slightly smaller, slightly sad. more decrepit. No, tomorrow yeah. morning, if we have an off day, we're all coming over. I have crafting. We're going to fix some stuff up. Uh, yes, the amateur carpeting. Carpet, better carpet than hey, you know what? It'll be better than nothing. I can at least yeah. make, make some windows. Depends on whether or not you critical fell and don't notice. Oh, good <laughs> point. True. Now it's the it. fifth and sixth and yep. eighth step. Sorry, remember, this is Pathfinder 2nd Edition, where honestly, just going, what's the worst going to happen is pretty bad. That's yeah. true. You can literally make it notice, worse. notice, though. You'll still notice. It's not a secret check. You'll notice when the stairs collapse on top of you. Oh. You make your way I out into those. the city streets. People make their way through the city streets in larger, a larger concentration. This is, in essence, rush hour, as most people are trying to get back home before sunset, as well as the inevitable curfew kicks in. Although, again, in Devil's Nursery, there's no one really to enforce the curfew. So you're not as concerned pertaining towards that. Well, there's also a serial killer loose. So, well, you know. the serial killer's enforcing the curfew. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be a twist if it is actually somebody working for the government? I'm telling you, that's what it feels like to me. Anyway. Oh, that would be quite a twist. It only takes some 15 minutes for you to make your way until you reach Fork Tongue and Dagger Street. Here you find that there are a small number of closed up shops, few shops that are still open, including a bakery, which is uh, filling the air with a rather pleasant smell uh, as people are rushing by to pick up loaves of bread. This is one of those bakeries, uh, I think they started it in Paris, but I can't remember where it is. That's kind of the origin of the drive-thru, where instead of having people to come into the shop, they just have one window open and then they just hand out the bread through the window and collect the coins. I figure Victoria kind of like pauses and sniffs and she's like, oh, pane. <laughs> yep. It's only a copper piece for a loaf of bread. So if you're uh, Adria picks up a loaf of bread to keep in her nose because if we're going to go look at a dead body, I want to smell something nice. <laughs> Who needs a doctor's mask when you have a yeah. fresh meat I, I figure of bread. when she sees you like holding up the thing of bread, she reaches into her like belt pouch that she has and she offers up like a little tin and just kind of holds it out to you. A tin? This, no, inside of it, there's a cream that you can put underneath your nose so that the smell does not bother you. Oh, okay. Adriel will bite the bread instead. And everyone else, if you're not used to this, it may mm. be helpful. Wait, does it really smell that bad? Yeah. Well, there's not there going to be a body, be a body here. here. I just meant if the body ha like was here at all, though, it might the smell yeah. might have been in the area. But we'll probably need it more when we investigate the body, but... I would ask that when we reach the alleyway, everyone stay at the mouth of the alley until I can properly sweep the area and find out what are the most, what are the best places for everyone to stand. Works for me. I will bow to your expertise in this matter. Let me know what you need me to do. You reach the alleyway in question shortly. It's not particularly wide, maybe about 15 feet from one side to the other cobblestone, although the dirt is so thick and built up here that it almost makes a single flat surface. Two small depressions run along the left and right hand side to funnel water away from the main thoroughfare and then out through two small holes on the far end of the alleyway. In essence, funneling the water out and under the city wall. A few rain barrels sit here and there. A couple of crates, although what the crates contain you don't know. The alleyway is flanked on either side by two three-story buildings. Closed lines run between the buildings overhead, stretching from window to windowsill on either side, and blot out what little sunlight would actually make its way down into this alleyway. Although this close to dusk, it's basically black once you get more than a few feet in. 
You can see that there are a couple of doors that exit out of the buildings off towards the left and right. And a sign hangs over one door towards the very end of the alleyway. Although from here, that's some 80 feet down and you can't make it out. Uh, except for Nicola, who I think is the only one with dark vision. Yep. Yeah, I've got low light, but that does not help me. All you can see is that it is a simple wooden sign with a carving on it of a pestle and mortar. Hmm. Okay. I'll wait for Vittoria to probably finish scoping the scene before I say anything about it, because it may be related, but it may not. It also yeah. might be a good place to know about, because that seems like a apothecary type thing. Yeah. yeah, and it could be where she was going, but again, it's hard oh. to know. I mean, what other reason would you have to go down here? Mm. Um, the only other thing that all of you note is there's the soft sound of the buzzing of flies. Mm. Mm. Uh, and yeah. as you look down... At the edge of most of your sight, although Niccolo can see the discoloration, although not in color since you're viewing through dark vision. Yeah. That there's an area where the mud and dirt has been disturbed, probably where the body was. It's about some 40 or 50 feet down the alleyway, so about halfway down its length. So um, I think my pursuit lead, though, requires me to look at one particular thing, correct? Well, there's probably blood. Your pursue lead requires that you have something to pursue. So, for instance, um, you have to have a potential clue. That can be even even something as simple as there's a footprint here that I think might belong to the killer. You can go on the case. Okay, I'm going to kind of uh, glance around the ground and kind of see if there are differing types of footprints because... You know, that's going to be important. And I want to see which footprints actually lead up to the area of the body. Okay. You may make a survival check. Oh, okay. Uh, unfortunately, it was just perfectly average. I did roll a 10 for a 15. So, Vittoria makes her way forward. I suppose the rest of you kind of mill about for a second. Cesare pets Raven. <laughs> Adjust her bow. <laughs> you see Vittoria over the next... Uh, probably a minute or so, kind of crouch down, look at a few tracks, move a little bit further, look at something. Every once in a while she does that, uh, I think it was Ichabod Crane in the Sleepy Hollow movie, where he does like the really <laughs> wide strides. They ran down the length. I love that movie. <laughs> secret information. Not a secret check, but there you go. Hmm. She was exiting the alley. That's when she was attacked. But hmm. she managed to escape the attacker briefly and ran back into the alley. About 40 or 50 feet, judging by the uh, area where she fell. She may have been trying to get back to the shop, if that's where she was coming from. But unfortunately, I can't make out any of the attacker's footprints. There are just too many here. People have been coming and going. If it makes any difference, the shop at the end of the way is an apothecary, I think. Hmm. There is, we should go ask there them is something they odd over here. Hmm. hmm? There is a discoloration in the mud near where the body is, and I'm... Blood? Doesn't look to be the same as the rest. So, Vittoria would like to step in closer. I assume she probably, like, reaches into her pack and, like, pulls out a pair of, like, not glasses, but just, like, her magnifying own, like, thingies. little makeshift, like, magnifying thing. Kind of like Ichabod Crane, because I did put a lot of skill into crafting because she makes all of her own investigative stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the rest of the group doing at this point? I mean, until Vittoria says that we can go down, Cesare's just petting Raven and kind of glancing at any passerby. I'm keeping an eye out for murderers. 
what I would suggest is uh, one person try to get measurements of possible footprints, good ones, so we can exclude people. Another person should look at any of the doorways, find out if they are locked or any discolorations near that. And I think someone else should probably um, check and see if anything has flowed toward the grate at the end of the alley. Perhaps something has flowed away from where the body was laying. And um, that's all I have at the moment. Okay. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is uh, prying right now, try to speak to them. That sounds like me. All right. <laughs> I will check the grate then. Just a reminder, um, you will be staking the same penalty because you are not a tiefling. Because, again, they're willing to open up to other tieflings, but... I mean, I don't mind talking with people if you'd rather do something else, but if you want to try... Like, if you literally if you literally have Nicolo with you, it will remove said penalty. And Nicolo could even attempt to aid. Yeah. Cesare is going to go to the end of the alley in the apothecary shop. Is it open when he tries the door? Uh, Yeah. I guess he'll go talk to the proprietor and see if... Well, we run into the same issue of not having a tiefling, right? There's only one of me. I have a pretty decent diplomacy <laughs> check. And being a wizard, it wouldn't be weird for me to be in an apothecary shop, so... I'll give it a try, at least. Raven's cute. <laughs> We're gonna put Lucia on a footprint gathering. Okay. And feasibly, anyone else can also make a survival check while they're looking at the footprints. I am not trained in that. I am. Let me see if I am. I am untrained in survival as well. Yeah, that's why Nico really should be the one to do the survival things. What is everybody's survival? I'm not trained in it either. I'm so untrained, I have a one. so a zero. I have a one because of my wisdom modifier. I have a four because of my wisdom modifier. I mean, I too have a four, but I am trained, so. Wow, I have a five and I'm trained. <laughs> All right, so... I guess um, I'll look for footprints then. Are there any people over, like, looking out their windows and stuff? Right now, not particularly, although you can see that there are lights in numerous windows here. I just don't want to split the party in case there is a murderer on the loose that's going to come and try to be like, ha Well, I figure we're, yeah, I was going to say, I don't want people to, like, go out. Just more like if people were in their windows, like, talk to them. Well, a uh, plump orange tabby stares down from a third floor window. Aww. Raven, go interrogate that cat. Raven can't get the ability to talk with other animals till Cesare sixth level. That's a Aww. second edition thing. Raven brings up one paw and waves though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Raven, go interrogate. Raven's just like, I can say meow. That's on the that's on the agenda, but I have to be sixth level before she can take the uh, familiar ability to speak with other animals. I guess I'll go with Cesare to the apothecary shop. So also pertinent because um, tracking, which is what you would be doing if you're looking at the tracks here, is trained mm -hmm. only. So that okay. means that only Vittoria and Nicolo can even make the check. Then, yeah, I will go on ahead and uh, take a look at the tracks and see if I can't figure something else out. So All right. So real quick, Adria. Shop. Go into the shop. Lucia. Uh, so I will make the perception check to search the uh, grates uh, to see if there's any, like, evidence down there. Okay. And Cesare is going to the apothecary. Yep. And Vittoria is checking around where the body was. Yes, I am going to investigate the discoloration. Okay. And Nicolo, you are... I'm going to look at the tracks, yes. Okay, so... I was going to say, if you can decipher, you know, whether it's tiefling or not, that would be helpful. Children or not, size. Well, tiefling or not is going to be hard. I was going to say, yeah, tiefling or not. Unless they have hooves or Unless something. they have yeah. the cloven yeah. hooves. 
I will uh, take which, a look. Which, by the way, is uh, part of the reason that you could easily identify the tracks of the victim. Hmm. Um, she has very dainty hooves, like gazelle-like hooves. Oh, that's so Aww. cute. Cool. Start with Lucia and Niccolo, since they're already at where they need to be. Uh, oh, gods. So if the three of you in the alley want to resol- resolve yourself uh, real quick, then we'll cut to uh, Cesare and Adria as they make their way into the apothecary. The quiet of the alleyway is disturbed by the clickling loud sound of a <laughs> time as you open up the door to the apothecary. Nicola might startle for half a second. Like, Nicola turns uh, around and throws his mace oh, across wait. the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Just dagger toss. Like, oh, wait, sorry. That was, oh. So Lucia will stand up from the grates, turn around, start, you know, walking back. There's nothing in the grates, so, I mean, if it was small enough to go through there, it's gone. So, I mean, nah, there's nothing in the grate. This doesn't make any sense. This makes What's no that? sense whatsoever. Um, Vittoria's estimation, I think, is correct. She was walking out of the alley toward the street, nearly got out before she was attacked and ran back. The other tracks here don't correspond with an attacker, but I don't think that that, was, that means that the tracks have been worn down. I think they never left any. So what, they fly? Or something, yes, but that's probably the easiest way for them to get around. Either that or perhaps they were some sort of sharpshooter, but without knowing how she was killed, it's hard to say for sure. Hmm. Wizard did it. (laughs) Maybe. There are several ways to cover tracks or not make any whatsoever, but usually requiring more advanced magic than I think would... I I don't know. Or a lot of work that the killer might not want to stick around for. Well... I've found a strange substance here. It's a thin white substance. Uh, thinner than salt, but thicker than flour. I'm not mm. sure what it is, though. Yeah. Oh, you need the spellcasters out there. Yeah, Cesare has a good craft. He can check it when he gets back out. So to say, it might be alchemical of some sort. I mean, I can take a look at it, too, if you want, but... Yeah, I think we have a lot of people crafting in this party. Yeah, we do. I'm, say, I'm have... maybe the only one without craft. Yep. I have a plus eight crafting. It's pretty dang good. <laughs> so yeah. does Cesare. I've got a plus uh, five, so it's decent. Mine's a plus but... four, but I'm not very smart. Cesare, Adria. <clears throat> the door chimes. You enter into, kind of shuffle your way into a small room. Honestly, the it almost feels like you're in a hallway in that the walking area for the customer is only about two and a half, maybe three feet at its widest. Off towards your left-hand side is a countertop covered in various jars, lining almost the entirety of its length. Behind that is an area that's actually smaller than your walking space Mm -hmm. for the actual proprietor to be. And then behind that are just rows of shelves covered with a variety of different mixtures. But the ceiling here has numerous strings hanging between the exposed rafters above. And from these hang various drying Herbs, plants, Hmm. reagents. A cage sits at the far side of the room. And as you open the door and the door chimes, there is also an extremely loud squawk from a bright white bird, which stares at you as it raises the crest on its head, plumed (laughs) in a small amount of yellow. Oh my gosh, it's a cockatoo. 
<laughs> hey, Dad. It eyes all of you curiously. There's a rah, 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 sound coming from a door <laughs> at the far end of the room, at which point that opens. There are no other ways out of this room, and it's only about 20 feet deep. So the two of you can kind of comfortably stand as long as you don't have to turn in here all right. on your side. An elderly tiefling man makes his way out. His horns curl up and then back around in almost a full ram's horn way. And his hair is this disheveled shock of white that flows out in every direction, which I can only think to describe as Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He stares at you from over a pair of pince-nez as he makes his way forward. Hello, strangers. Good evening. Uh, My name is Cesare. We are working with the Clovenhoof Society to try to find the killer that's been prowling the devil's nursery. His eyes dart up to where horns would be before darting down to where hooves would be, before simply nodding. (laughs) We're not teethling, but I think we can all work together against murderers, right? Murders? There was a young lady that was killed last night in the alleyway outside of your shop. Oh, dear gods. I I, I didn't know. Uh, her name was Para. She may have... The man's jaw falls a little bit. Oh, seems the... like she came in here. Young, young girl, dark, curly hair. Did she come in here last night? Yes. Yes, she did. Oh, you sat outside. I was just in here. My, my hearing's... Not that it's, good. It's not your fault, sir. Oh, Maybe the best you could do sweet is... sweet girl. Help us figure out what she was doing here? Anything. Anything I can do to help. Oh, did she purchase anything or say anything to you? Yes, she came in here. She purchased... He pulls out a ledger, opens it. Uh, again, it's single space, but he actually writes in it double spaced and then <laughs> stares down through his glasses to try to see you guess his own handwriting. Oh, poor little tiefling man. <laughs> yes, yes. She bought something for uh, for pain. She has uh, terrible migraines. He produces a small jar, opens it, containing a variety of, well, what seems to be this white powder. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it helps with her, with her headaches, with her migraines. What is it? She mixes it with her tea. She says she can't, can't smell or taste. It's, it's basically odorless. So she was a frequent shopper. Yes, she. When she was a child, a uh, she left the nursery with her brother. A noble carriage basically ran her over. Mm. She was all right. She recovered. I think she said she broke her leg, but one of the horse's hooves hit her in the head. She had constant migraines since. Mm. She would come and get a refill every two weeks or so. Did she say anything that stood out to you last night? Anything out of the ordinary? No, she said she was in a hurry. Um, she was going to get back. Uh, she said something about getting back before before night, but he gestures around as you notice that there are no windows in here. Oh, Honestly, yeah. you don't even know how the guy gets out of this house. Because <laughs> there's no way to get from one side of the counter to the other. Maybe he's got a back door. Yeah. Yeah. Was this about the normal time for her to come in to get a refill, or was she later than usual on that, earlier? Let me see, let me see. He flips back, squints down at a couple weeks beforehand. She was maybe four days late. 
Sometimes if money's been tight, it hasn't been for a while. She got a, a good paying job some three years back. Still outside of the nursery, but still in the local area. I think she made shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Pretty close. Sometimes she would, from what I understand, she needed it almost nightly. But if money was tight, sometimes she would, she would suffer through. Unfortunately, the reagents are a little expensive. Thulu bark can be difficult to get a hold of. Can I? Gosh, I'm going to sound like a bad person. Can I sense motive on this guy and see if he's <laughs> actually this decrepit you and old? You want to sense motive, Typhling Bernie Sanders? Well, what if it's an act? <laughs> he doesn't actually have hooves. And also, at some point, I would like to make sure that this substance is what he says it is, because I guess Adria is just going to be real suspicious, but in a nice way. If only we could speak to this bird. I bet the bird heard something. It's like that Phoenix Wright trial where you put the yeah. bird on the stand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's anything else I can do, please let me know. Of course. If um, you have any other questions, of course, I'd be happy to answer them also. I can't think of anything at the moment, but if something else occurs, we'll probably come back and speak with you. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you for your help. Oh, such a sweet, sweet young girl. I suppose you uh, you make your way back out. Mm-hmm. Adria mm -hmm. turns to Cesare and says, I'm not 100% sure if he was telling the truth, but I don't think he completely trusts us, so we may want to send Nico back in there. Uh, exiting out, you would find, uh, I guess, your three compatriots all leaning around the, the murder site. Hey. I was watching Vittorio work at this point. Uh, anything interesting? A few things. Vittorio, what did you find again? It was some sort of powder? Uh, that matches up with what the shopkeep said. Uh, migraine powder. Para suffered from constant migraine. She needed it to sleep at night. She came mm. by about every two weeks or so to pick up a refill. Now... Mm. He may not have been telling us everything. So I think, Nico, you got to go back in there and make sure he didn't leave out any important details because he didn't trust us because we, we ain't tieflings. I mean, I can go back. Do What did he tell you? Oh, what mm. uh, Chesray just said. That's She's it? been coming frequently at least three years, mm. every two weeks or so to get powder for her migraines. Mm -hmm. She mm. was about four days late, which probably just meant she was trying not to have to go out at night. Probably, That's yeah. what I thought, too. Until the pain got too bad. Raven nods. I guess she was the run over by a cart when she was a child, and she's had migraines ever she since was then. what? Yeah, oh, some noble chariot. Chariot. Some noble carriage ran her over. She got stepped on by a horse. That's uh, awful. She recovered. And he's... Well, obviously not fully. Well. And much <sighs> like Hanuman, she said that... He said that Para was a very sweet girl. Now, yes. I don't know if he was fully telling us the truth. Sometimes looks at deceiving. Keep that in mind. I mean, I can go talk to him, but still, I, she was killed for the crime of trying to not have a headache. Mm -hmm. Find whoever did this. Uh, maybe I'm just being suspicious. I just know that people are often not what they seem to be. People usually lie. That's well, also that, yeah. But he yes. may not have any reason to. Well, um, I mean, the evidence doesn't really point to it being him on account of yeah. she left the shop, then got to the end of the alleyway, then turned back. So unless he was able to exit the shop and then run around to the outside 
He has a different exit from the shop because there ain't no way he's getting over that counter to come through this front door to leave. So there is also that. But again, I'm not 100% sure it's him. I'm just saying there's some weirdness there. My instincts are telling me it is not the half-deaf, half-blind little old tiefling man who's been selling her headache medicine for (laughs) over three years. It's not generally good business practice to kill your customers. (laughs) It's also likely that this was the back door that you made your way in through because, again, Mm. it it exits into the alleyway. So that would mean that he would need to go from Mm. his shop all the way out the front door, run the entirety of the way around the building before she could walk the 80 feet to the exit yeah. of the alley. Yeah. <laughs> it would be hard. He I mean, he might be one of those typhoons. Uh, he could have dimension doored. It's true. He could have dimension doored. Oh, yeah. He could have yeah, dimension doored. And then when she wizard. ran away from him, hit, him, hit her with a phantasmal killer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, that's why yeah, there's no tracks. Case solved. Oh, my God, you guys. By the way, that was the exact theory proposed by the Datari when they were asked to investigate. Really? Are you kidding me? Really? Cesare does not think <laughs> the little old tiefling man has anything to do with this. <laughs> I don't think no. any of us actually believe it's him, but he is hiding something, maybe. If anything, he's probably holding back information he knows about her personally. I don't think he's holding back any information about the crime itself. There's something more disturbing. Hmm? We were unable to find any tracks from the killer. That means that whoever did it either did it from range or... Can fly? I mean, yeah, that's what Lucia suggested, which is possibility. Or it's really the ghost of the serial killer from almost 100 years ago. Oh, I hope be not. That too. I didn't think about that one. Because <laughs> that would also be very bad. I mean, when we see the body, I guess we'll see if they were killed by, like, ghost stuff of magic versus, like, a crossbow bolt. I'm going to search the alley. Search the alley? Lucia? Uh, also searching the alley. Okay. Uh, specifically, what parts of the alley are you individually searching? The crates and stuff. Crates? Okay, that was where I was going to go to, where the flies are. The flies are where the body uh, the, is. The flies are where the oh, body the flies is, because body. there's yeah, still mind. blood on the flagstones here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll search the barrels then. Oh, please, let's make sure the rain barrels don't have anything in them that's going to poison people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good point. A human heart! Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Um, Chesare? Cesare will try to see if he can see if that powder is the same substance that she would have been buying for her headaches. Yeah, it probably is, but it's best to make sure. Vittoria? Vittoria is better at listening to people than she is talking to people. Did you say there were more than just the one door, though? Uh, There are a total of four doors that exit out onto this alleyway. Um, That's the only one that appears to be a business. The rest of them appear to be back doors. Uh, I think someone said that they... Or actually, I think you suggested that someone check and see if any of the other doors were open. I would like to do that. Okay. And Nicola? Pose, I'll uh, go around and ask witnesses questions just to see if anybody's seen anything, heard anything. Okay. I'll scream really loud if something happens. As should we all. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. What? That's great advice, honestly. It's like if something bad's about to happen, scream real loud. Yep. Uh, Cesare, making your way over, you only find one thing, and I'll just go ahead and give this to you that's Mm -hmm. curious about the powder. Reaching down, touching it. You only saw the powder inside. You don't know if the consistency's the same. Mm -hmm. But there's a foul odor to this. That we didn't smell in the shop when he opened it. In fact, you you think he specifically said that the powder he gave her was odorless Mm. and tasteless. He did. I suppose uh, if the rest of you want to go over... 
Niccolo makes his way off to go and, uh, and speak to some of the locals. You can hear him knocking on doors and uh, in large part, you know, you can all kind of hear Niccolo carrying on conversations in the background because the people here are fairly untrusting. And so they're happier to open their second floor window and talk down to Niccolo than actually <laughs> open the door. Mm. So I you mean, can hear like, fair. Niccolo like, oh, I'm here to ask a question. <laughs> oh, uh, this looks like a tooth. What? Uh, Adria picks up literally a human tooth. Oh. Oh. That ain't I good. Mean, There's still a small amount of blood on it. We could see if it belongs to the girl or maybe the killer. Maybe she smacked him right in the face. Uh-huh. Oh. Yes, do you do you need a vial to put it in? I guess that's better than my pocket, so sure. Victoria <laughs> <laughs> right makes a face at the idea of you putting a tooth in your pocket I mean, that it's doesn't just say tooth. anything. Victoria reaches into her, her, again, little investigative bag that she has put together, and she hands... Uh, when, well, when she gets back from checking the door, she hands her a vial. I mean, once you have in. kids, they lose these suckers all the time. I mean, that is true. It's usually I mean, grown that's adults totally do true, not, yes. unless there is a tooth fairy around. Oh, right. It's not a whole tooth. It's. It looks like maybe it's just the root because there's blood on it. I don't know. I'm not a dentist. I mean, if she was attacked and struck, she could have lost the tooth that way. Uh, I will again mentioned that uh, all of the victims have only been able to be identified by their effects. Yeah. None of them... They like were the, the faces have been so mangled with all of them that they have only ever been able to be identified by their effects. The apothecary was definitely her destination because none of these other doors look to have been opened anytime recently. Well, I mean, I found this. I don't really know what it is. She holds up a wooden handle with like a metal end. Um, but it's like oddly twisted and bent. I mean, this could be an ice pick, but I mean, not right now. Uh, and on the base of this here, you see BB, like a maker's mark. Uh, let me look at that and see if I can figure out what it is. Yeah, so for clarification, because I, I, this wasn't yeah. sure from what Rick gave me, it's like a wooden handle and then there's a metal like twisted and bent piece off of it that would be the ice pick part because you wouldn't use a it, wooden it ice pick. It looks exactly like an ice pick, except for the metal portion of it is bent and twisted in bizarre ways. Oh, cool. All right. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Like, again, like if you were gripping it, you could easily fully grip it in your hand comfortably, in fact. And the BB is engraved like on the base part, so where you okay. put your thumb whenever you'd be stabbing something with an ice pick. So a maker's mark, yeah. <laughs> I don't yep. think this powder is what she got from the apothecary, though. This has got a strange odor to it, and since she was mixing it with her tea for her headaches, the old man said that it was odorless and tasteless. Mm. Oh, yeah, he did say that. What does this powder smell like? Foul. It smells rotting and, like, sulfur, rotten eggs. Victoria uh, bends down and, and scrapes some of it into another vial. Okay. Um, Adria, again, the the only thing that you note looking over this that Lucia may have missed, uh, the mark on the base of this has been burned in. It's not carved in. Hmm. Um, like someone would do with a burning stamp or something like that. Kind of like you would see with, well, again, tools. Uh, so Lucia may be right as far as it being a maker's mark. Curiously, the edges of the BB have a slight design towards the upper portion of each of the Bs that kind of look like curved horns. Cool. Yeah, kind of like inverted apostrophes. I suppose at that point, you know, Niccolo finishes his conversation. You know, while you guys are having this conversation, it's one of those comedic things where Niccolo knocks on a door and then someone kind of leans out of the second floor window and it's like, you know, it's like, what do you want? 
I'm here to ask these questions. Okay, well, this is like what I know. And then the next person, the next window leans out. It's like, why are you yelling? This guy's asking questions. <laughs> and so by the time that like Nicolo comes back, he's actually already talked to four people because everyone keeps going. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> why is everyone he... yelling? They're I don't know what we're yelling. yelling about. I was just yep. sitting down to mm-hmm. dinner. <laughs> Including yeah. the pleasant cat lady on the uh, the third so floor. Mm-hmm. But I suppose Nicolo uh, walks back. Okay, this, if I'm to believe what everyone's telling me, everyone was asleep at the time. Oh, that seems fake. No, 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 no. They actually think it's odd that they were asleep because many of them were cooking or cleaning or working on something, and then they were asleep during the murder. Wait, what? Is there magic that could do such a thing? I mean, Probably. It'd have to be magic for them all to fall asleep at the exact same time. There is the arcane sleep spell, but that's only a small area. It covers about the five feet. So you would have to cast it multiple times to hit everyone in all of these homes. And Is there a way to oomph up the, the power of it? They usually only sleep for about a minute. Every once in a while, it affects someone more heavily and they're asleep for about an hour, but the only way you can enhance it is to make it last longer, not the area of the spell. The um, woman upstairs, uh, Nikolo nods toward where the cat is like lounging at the window. Mm, cat lady. Said that she was awoken by her cat. Um, so whatever it is, it didn't affect her kitty. <laughs> and she said that she looked outside, but it was too dark to see anything. Apparently her cat was very perturbed though. I mean, I've She wanted that. me to say that specifically. Very perturbed. Well, and... <laughs> Gosh, I really wish I was one of them druids that talk to animals and stuff. <laughs> we should check yeah, if the other know? areas where the mur- where the bodies were found or the murders occurred, if the same thing happened. Oh, yeah. There might be a pattern here. Well, the problem is we generally don't know, but we could try to search around a few of the areas, I suppose. But um, in general, a lot of these people have been found where they were not expected. I'm not sure how much of this is... I don't know. It's worth a shot. I just don't know how much we're going to get from it. Well, let's head over to the Cloven Hoof Society and look at the body. Yeah. Real quick, though, am I able to tell if Para was killed here? Judging by the amount of blood here, no one of approximately your body size could survive losing that much blood. Okay. Oh, also, Nico, I I, uh, found a tooth. It's horrifying. I rattle it around in the vial. Oh, Dear God, what? What? Is it connected to the crime? I mean, it's got blood on it. (laughs) My working theory is tooth fairies, and she does it like aliens. I mean, if the faces are mangled that bad, I mean, getting teeth knocked out's not that uncommon. Well, regardless, we should probably head to the society, see what they see there, see what they have to say there. I mean, if you're done here, you can go to the Cloven Hope Society. I will give yeah, the tooth to Vittoria because she seems like the uh, evidence keeper. Okay. Yes. I figure she takes a, a second to like label them. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Did you write tooth? I think it's a human tooth. It looks to be. Okay. Mm. Right. But whether it's human or not is up for debate because it probably is Typhling. It could be well, a Typhling is a human. <laughs> human. It is wow. a humanoid tooth. It says human. There's no oid on the end, according to my brain. <laughs> Nicolo is starting to regret asking all of you along on that. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, yeah. I have been very helpful. 
No, no, no. I, I, I was just joking, but... <laughs> Making your way. Uh, you navigate your way back across the city. By the time that you reach the Cloven Hoof Society, the sun is set in full. Uh, it's not past curfew yet. You can hear the distant bells from Temple Hill. Making your way in, uh, Niccolo probably leads you just instead of the front doors, which Niccolo knows would be locked right now, just leads you to the side door. Knocks mm -hmm. on that. Is a loud entrance because, hey, it's Niccolo. Yeah. Um, the central room right now is fully occupied and that there are dozens of cots and people simply sleeping on them. Some of the tiflings that work with the Cloven Hoof Society are making their way out, handing out things for dinner. You're instead led past this back down or past through the kitchen up a set of steps before being led to a smaller side room. Strea stands outside of this in the process of jotting something down in a ledger. She nods as you approach. I hope you had the good luck in your initial investigation. She's inside. All right. Um, I want to be very sensitive and clear about what we are here to do. I will be gathering evidence, if that is all right with you, samples perhaps, to look at more closely later. If it finds her killer, I fully support it. And would you or the society wish for an actual autopsy or not? If you feel that that's necessary. Whatever captures her killer. Okay. Um, then I will do everything I can to gather as much information as I can to hopefully bring this killer to justice for you. She nods. Opens the door for you. Hands you a lantern before you make your way in since there's no light source inside. Suppose all of you step in? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing this is actually like a storeroom normally. or This is normally like a storeroom. Three crates, each of them about two and a half feet at a side, have been lined up in the center of the room. Sheets have been placed on top of this, and the body has been placed on top of that. A small incense burner sits off towards the side and fills the room with a pleasant smell, which vaguely covers the unpleasant smells beneath it. The room itself is about 25 feet at a side, uh, and as such, there's enough room for you to stand around the room. Uh, there are crates located throughout the chamber, most of them containing additional bedding and stuff. Um, does anyone need something for the smell, or is the incense enough? I'll live. Yeah, it's fine. Um, have any of you actually um, been present for an autopsy before? No. Not an autopsy, but like I've been around dead people before. I, I just want to make sure that everyone is aware of what is going to be happening in this room and I don't get any strange looks. You're going to cut open the body and poke around inside. Uh, do I'm you, going to start on the outside first. Do you need me to do anything in particular? Um, other than be handy for me to give you evidence to collect? Yeah, so I figure uh, Vittoria, because she understands that it's, autopsies are not considered necessarily a normal no. thing. So mm. she's like trying to be very, she, yeah, she's very nervous about this because she doesn't want you guys to change your opinions about her. I'm just going to put that out there. So she's, mm. she's very touchy about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, given the, the kind of rough period of development that this takes place in, autopsies would have been like seen as desecration yeah. by most people. So exactly. Not, not that you guys know Cesare's backstory, but he's seen worse. He's not concerned. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I figure um, because of how uh, Victoria has all her stuff, she unhooks her her investigative bag and like sets it on one of the crates and like unfolds it and and whatnot and has all her stuff out and uh, unfortunately, you know, it's kind of weird because she has like a whole row of like scalpels and tweezers and and stuff like that. Do you need help? Is this a medicine check? I can help you, maybe. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Uh, and then she say, dons how, her gloves. How do we help you invest, like, do this? I mean, Cesare was just going to look through Para's belongings, like her bag and things like that while this yeah. is going on, because he's not trained in medicine, so he's no yeah. help. Oh, I'm so untrained figure, too, so nope. Yeah, somebody should be checking the uh, bag, and I figure what Vittoria is going to do is give sections of the body to look over carefully so like somebody's gonna take like the head which is probably her because it's probably the worst spot and then somebody's gonna like look at the hands and and stuff like that somebody's gonna look that... at the clothes so the the general mechanics for this is it is a perception check to search her body uh it is then a medicine check to actually observe the body and determine what happened to her uh so it's two separate perception checks by the way because there is her body as well as her bag Okay. Mm-hmm. Are the clothes separate from her body? No. Okay. She's still wearing them. All right. So I think uh, someone or some persons should look through her bag and see what uh, oh, evidence look, we can oh. find there. Looks like Chesney's already on that. <laughs> I can do that. I'm not <laughs> skilled in that sort of thing. And if anybody would like to aid me as I um, work my way down, that would be helpful. Sure. Um... I'm going to warn you in advance. Last time I cut bodies, it was just sawing off arms and legs as needed. So uh, I'm not very well, finesse focused. We don't necessarily have to worry about arterial spray or anything right now. Okay. So um, we, I feel that we should take our time and make sure that we miss absolutely nothing. Okay. If it's the tool that we need to use, we'll use it. But would it be all right if I maybe said a few words first? Please. Nicola will probably just mutter a couple of prayers. Um, I think this is the first time he's actually said any prayers in the game, but mm-hmm. yeah, just... we all carefully wait to see who he prays to. <laughs> he doesn't mention any names, but mm. you do know that she was a worshiper of Shalin. Mm-hmm. As that was explained to you earlier. Yeah. So I think it's just more a general, like may you find the rest and don't worry about this side of things. We'll see about what we can find and make sure it never happens again. From what I hear, you are a good person, and I'm sorry what happened to you. Be at peace. He then steps back. Be at peace. Uh, who all is searching the bag? Cesare is. Very well. Who all is searching the body? I will search the body. Okay. And Adria, you're attempting to aid Vittoria on the medicine check. Is that correct? Do you want me to aid you or roll separate in case one of us fails? What's your medicine? Oh, wow. Your medicine's actually better than mine. Wisdom-based. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we can roll well, separately. Keep keep in mind, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you've done this yet, but keep in mind that you can take the case at this point. You have enough clues that you could. Oh, then yes, I would definitely like to do that. I would like to, I guess, so does it start with pursue a lead or does it start with clue in? Because I've been that's what I've been trying to it figure starts, out. So pursue a lead means that you have a lead and you're pursuing it, at which point you get a plus one bonus on all perception checks and every check made to investigate that lead. Okay, then yes, I and would then, like to do that. And then you may as a reaction, anytime that someone else makes a check related to your lead, use a reaction to give them a plus one bonus. Okay. 
So yeah, we'll nice. do that, and that way I can give you a bonus. Cool. Okay. okay. So you're both rolling medicine separately, mm-hmm. and Rachel's pursuing her lead. So that's going to be a plus one on that. And Nicola, what are you doing? Other than your prayer. Yeah, as it's well, it sounds like everyone's got it pretty much covered, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can also make a perception check to look over the body if you want to look for any clues. Yeah, I should probably take a look. I don't think Nikola likes being here, but I, I feel like that he would stay just because the more we find out, the more likely this isn't going to happen again. Mm. So, Forensic acumen play a part at all? Uh, so it says that uh, I understand the principles of forensic medicine, making me better at examining a body to determine cause of death or injury. I perform a forensic examination on a body as described under recall knowledge in the medicine skill uh, in half the normal time it would take uh, uh, to a minimum of five minutes. And if I succeed, I can attempt an immediate check to recall knowledge to follow up on something with a plus two bonus. Um, okay. This is usually related to cause of death or injury. Uh, such as crafting to check to identify poison or weapon. Um, But it says, if you prefer, you can use instead attempt to recall knowledge about the type of creature whose body you are examining using the appropriate skill. The circumstance bonuses increase to plus three if you have master master proficiency in medicine and plus four if you have legendary. I'm just an expert, so. Okay. So basically it means that you'll finish your examination before Adria's and then may immediately roll with a bonus to... uh follow up on it. Yeah, because if that's the case, it gives me a plus nine medicine. Okay. So do you guys still want to make your separate checks, or would Adria rather aid? Nope, because think, aiding is a lot good, harder in She this still game. has a plus eight. Yeah, so that's still good. Maybe once we have higher checks, I'll start aiding, but aiding is like a DC 20 or something in this game. Yeah. Yes, it is. DC 20. Alright. Uh, Lucia, you don't immediately find anything of interest. Sad. You're really probably However, not looking that closely. Niccolo, you know, reaching down, looking over, you do. What in the hells? Oh, he's talking about hells that, over here. No, that powder, it's back. It's on her hand. The smelly powder or the not smelly powder? The smelly one, the bad one. Hmm. Um, she's also... Nicolo picks up a small object that I guess was partially put into her sleeve or something. It seems to be a corkscrew. The letter's BB. It's twisted. It doesn't look like a normal one. Oh. Much like what Lucia found. So we got an ice pick and a corkscrew? Yes. Uh, Nicolo, since no one brought this other object to your attention, you were not able to make a roll on it previously. Uh, Mm. You recognize this emblem. Oh, hey. This BB emblem is actually, with the small horns on the side, was actually a stamp used for a now defunct tavern called Belial's Brew House. Belial's Brew House. Lyle, of course, being the... Um, Friends of lies or something? Yeah, not just lies, but also adultery, deception, desire, whorehouses. Hmm. Lord of the Fourth Circle of Hell. A corkscrew and a ice pick. Someone is digging tools from there. That's probably where they're staying. Probably. It may be worth checking the building. Do you know where it used to be? Yes, I can take you over there. Do you notice this? Uh, Adria kind of points at the fact that all of her teeth are missing and um, her what? fingers are all broken and she has all these weird cuts. Child didn't mention they were taking trophies. Maybe at least that part was right. This is extensive. They're, the injuries are like gouges, not even just cuts. Mm. And they've been 
concentrated around the back of the knees. Yeah. I hate to say, but probably to prevent her from escaping. Yeah, cutting the tendons mm. and stuff. You know, uh, you think these are the weapons? I kind of point at the ice pick and the corkscrew. That's my theory as well. I mean, her fingers have all been broken. Her face is... Her face is... Her jaw is dislocated. and To get to the teeth. All of the teeth have been pried out by the root. And her tongue is almost gone. I hate to say this, but she was alive for all of this. She bled to death. Yes. I find who did this. Well, I think we have a start on where to look. If yes. you did, I critically fail this. You don't know. That's your conclusion. Do you it's just like I hate this. I really hate this. Yes, what is your I conclusion? really hate this. Because it says this sounds like a tooth fairy. It sounds like <laughs> a tooth fairy. <laughs> no. That is I Victoria's mean, conclusion there. I know, and some of it does make sense. So, while while the idea. While the idea of a tooth fairy may seem a bit strange, it does oddly fit to a point. I mean, they do steal teeth and they make impromptu pliers. They can magically force sleep and they explode into a horrible smelling powder when they pass away. Well, and also a particularly important detail is uh, cats hate them. I'm pretty sure lots of things hate Which them. would explain why that cat was so perturbed it woke up its owner. Exactly. Specifically, uh, tooth fairies fear cats and flee from even newborn kittens. Okay. Uh, the hatred is mutual, and all cats hate and both and kill tooth fairies with relish. The raven, do you hate tooth fairies? Oh, those guys are the worst. Oh, that's why there's powder. The cat might have killed mm. a tooth. one of the tooth fairies. That's why there's powder everywhere. Well, she did. She fought. I was about to say, good mm. on her. It's on her hand, so I assume that she managed to tear oh, one Oh, that's a good point. But would one of them be methodical enough to do it every three days and to find a lone victim well, in the middle of the night? And there's no way it could be one. It would have to be a, a swarm. A sort and of, how has no swarm. one noticed a swarm of tooth fairies flying through these streets at night? What if the swarm is the murder weapon? What do you mean? I mean Somebody made some sort of deal with these tooth fairies because they like to watch people get murdered and they sick them on people at night and then they put them all back in a basket or something. I don't know how tooth fairies work really. I mean if they could control them or if they made some sort of deal with them perhaps. I mean it's, it's so strange. I mean there's a way to magically summon them if you have the, I mean I could, maybe not a tooth fairy but I could summon a fae creature. I just find it hard to believe that the group of tooth fairies can be running around the devil's nursery and no one has seen anything. Well, I mean, honestly, most people don't look up. So if they flew high, nobody would even see them. They are stealthy creatures. Again, it it's simply a theory. I don't think I have quite enough to definitively say it's tooth fairies. But judging by what I have, it is a possibility. Do tooth fairies normally do this much damage? She kind of like waves over the face. I mean, oh, no. with the gouging and such, like you said, they make pliers. Pliers don't gouge. Adrian's like, I got to get a cat immediately. <laughs> <laughs> we Victoria, have I imagine you stare down over the body, probably close up your case, look over towards the two twisted pieces, reach out, 
I imagine take one from Niccolo, the other one from Lucia. As you pick these up, you notice that each of them has a hole drilled through the center where a screw could connect them if you held them just so to make impromptu pliers. What? Wow. And we'll pick it up here next time. What the I can't believe I was right. We've got Tooth Fairy PTSD. I'm going to take so many Mm. teeth. See, Tyrant. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath.